being a bumbling idiot aside, uh, let's actually get this started. So thank you guys for joining us on The Game Won't Play Itself. Uh, we have your usual host, which, James, am I pointing at you? Other way. We yes. have your usual host, uh, James, a.k.a. Spike, a.k.a. whatever you... Oh, that's a... Ooh, repeat. A thousand twenty... Okay. Yeah, yeah no. We, um, we don't have a donation button set up. Yeah. So... I realized that a little late <laughs> because I was reading a paper. Because uh, I, I remember that's... we had a Patreon. So, uh, I'm gonna... Yeah. I have Twitch alerts. It would have shown up here. I, I, I just, I'm just looking at the chat. I'm not paying attention to our faces. Good. I'm looking at us on Skype, and then I have the chat. And I was like, oh, uh, Spike was talking about, or James was talking about doing a thing with donation things. Yeah, we'll put that in there. So, yeah. I done goofed because I was paying attention to something completely unrelated to what was going on. Um, so, yeah. We have... James here. I am the Hergle Man, of course. Back again. Um, Will is not here. He will be back in not next week, but the week after. He will be streaming on Friday. Extra life. This is true. For kids. On the fifth, he'll be raising money, and if you want to uh, make him suffer, what is it? It's uh, five hundred dollars, and he'll put the mask on for an hour, a thousand, and he'll do it for two hours, uh, fifteen hundred, and he'll do it. For the rest of the evening, and at $2,000, I get released from James's basement. Yes. Uh, I can finally go see my family. Um, I'll eventually visit uh, our fine other guest, who is Breeze. He, he doesn't the, have an icon. He doesn't have an icon. I'm not pointing. I'm pointing in this direction because it's <laughs> me facing. It's really, it's really dumb. Um, Breeze, the uh, founder of Zephyr Workshops, a board game group, and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself real quick. Yeah, my name is Breeze. My first name is an atmospheric condition. Um, I make board games with some other people under the guise of a company named Zephyr Workshop, and uh, we just had a Kickstarter, and we got $30,000, and it was great. And we needed forty thousand dollars, so it could have been better. <laughs> it was close, but though. It was. It was like, yeah, no. It's like the point. Of the what the takeaway from our Kickstarter was that our game is worth at least thirty thousand dollars. But we can talk about. We can talk more about that later if you want to. Sure. Um, talk about Whenever Kickstarter. <laughs> the world is your oyster right now. If you want to talk about it, the can floor's yours. Whenever. Can it be my clam instead? Um, uh, sure. <laughs> um, why not? <laughs> yeah, yes. people wanna, if people want to check out our super sweet game that'll end up on Kickstarter again in a few months, uh, you can go to robotstrategygame.com because we're super cool and we own that URL. Eat your heart out, front mission. Um, so yeah, robotstrategygame.com. It's a game called Aegis. It's about combining robots, Pokemon meets Voltron, and it's a tabletop tactics game that's super cool and fast to play and affordable and all that stuff by the way currently it redirects to the page so it does so if you want to look at our kickstarter page and uh as the kickstarter page has all the links to uh all of our other places and you guys should all feel shame for not have already donating to this thing and you should be donating it within when it comes up again and we'll have breeze on before he goes live so we can pimp this out again exactly because next time we will prepare for the kickstarter 
and it will be good. <laughs> you, you got thirty thousand without preparing for a Kickstarter? That's I'm actually surprised that I'm actually surprised at how well it did. <laughs> that's we had, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you're just, you were just like one day you just messaged me and said, "Hey, the Kickstarter is live," and I'm like, "Yeah." The joke what? is I. The joke is I found out about that five days before you did. <laughs> and you're involved in the development. So, yeah, um, so, um, Sarah. We, we go, uh... Yeah, we go, no, we go through, uh, the, the Kickstarter was all our publisher, essentially. And, like, one day we just get, like, oh, hey, we're going live in five days. I'm like, oh. <laughs> okay, did that, did, did they, like, did you have to come up with all of the, the promo stuff for the Kickstarter tour? Did they handle that? We have, we had been putting the page together for a few weeks very slowly and not but we didn't really know how to put a Kickstarter page together, so it wasn't coming along very fast. And the publisher's like, Oh well, today's the day, kids. And I'm like, ah. Uh so Yeah, but that's cool. The game actually got a, a bunch of money. But and we we So we scrambled the first like week ish to get the Kickstarter page like looking really good as oh as good as we get it as good as we could get it to look. Yeah. And then and then we hit like the second week complete slump where we made absolutely no money as Kickstarters do. And then we hit the last week where we arbitrarily gained like ten thousand dollars. And <laughs> so it was only a three week Kickstarter too, so it was like Oh god. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was like the Thunderdome of it was like a Thunderdome of a campaign. It's like, oh, you have five days to prepare, twenty three days to run it. We're going to Germany, bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I mean, uh, obviously, most Kickstarters run on an inverse bell curve. It's just you, you, you're the kind of initial great thing of everybody hitting it, then you hit the downward spiral, and then you hit like the upward kick at the end of everybody oh, yeah. jumping on and trying to get on at last second to fund it. Yeah, absolutely. It's like. If we started off stronger, then I think I personally I wanted to cancel it earlier because I kind of knew it wouldn't fund when we didn't. It was if we did we got we did really good for the first week. We got a lot of money, but I in my head I'm pretty sure I think you need like to get like at least fifty or sixty percent of your goal in the first week to know for sure that it's going to fund. And we got to like about forty, and then it was like fighting King Leonidas to get that 40 to 50. <laughs> and, um... Yeah, I caught it I caught it at, like, literally, like, the, the start of the second week, and I saw that it was, um... I think it was around, like, 41 to 42. Um, oh, God, yeah. That was, like, the most painful part of the whole thing, was just, like... We were, we, like, the first few days, we got, like, yeah, like, twelve dollars to $14,000 or something, and that was really cool. And then we... And then we like hit like the down thing, and we go. We were still averaging about like seven hundred bucks a day, which is pretty good. And then, and then it was just like flatline, <laughs> and we're just like ah, yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, you're working on developing a game at the same time, so you're trying to stay motivated on that as this Kickstarter is going, and you're like trying not to look at your phone every five seconds. Oh yeah, well like luckily Aegis is pretty much like almost done at this point. Um, that was cool. Yeah. Like, by, by the time we I actually was... did the Kickstarter, the game's like done. I was there when you guys had the uh, when you were testing it as what? a giant printed um, paper sheet from the uh, the drafting room, and you oh, just had God. index cards that were cut out with yeah, descriptors baby. of things. That uh, was yeah. the best. 
<laughs> yeah, we used to, yeah, I've been on this project for a long time. It's um, we basically just rebuilt the game like three or four times at this point. Uh, yeah. Not like not like rules wise, but like we made some prototypes and then we self published it, and then we signed on with a publisher and we basically rebuilt all the graphic design. Then that didn't work, and the push Kickstarter got pushed back for like reasons. And then we spent another whole year just, you know, let's just make everything even prettier, I guess. So, and even that said, I think that we need, we like tried really hard to find like a good board illustrator and we just couldn't get one. So like our Kickstarter, we didn't really have some decent board art and that's like really important because it's like 90% of what people see is the giant board. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's like. That's like we have like a little bolded list of stuff I definitely want to tackle. <laughs> when and I was in of... that uh, that board artist category, I had I, I really I didn't know anything about any of the of the play style because it was before I really actually like sat down to play it, and it was after your um your rebuilds, so it was when oh, you were actually that... were publishing, and I was just like, oh yeah, yeah. well here's some were... maps. <laughs> yeah, you were like doing some like yeah, you were like doing some like level design for like four player maps before we even knew how four player worked. <laughs> and yeah. So, <laughs> and so, you're just um, like, here, do four player maps. And I was like, uh, sure, why not? <laughs> game works the same as on two player, but just four. Yeah. Uh, just make it twice as big. And then we, then like, what yeah, I did. And then we, yeah, we just like resized. We've resized the board like 20 times since then. Because like the game started out as an inch based war game, and then we put it on a hex board, and then from there we needed to like. It's been a lot of, like, fiddling to get the right number of hexes on the board so it's not, like, too spacious. Because you only play with, like, five guys in the game. You play, it's a five versus five robot game. It's, like, a 20 to 30 minute tactics game. So it's, like, there's no need to have 400 squares on the board. Yeah, you're not, okay. As somebody who plays war games, I completely understand and can appreciate that mindset. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, even right now, I think our board might be too big, too. It's, like, you take, there's, like, a whole, like, turn or two where you're just positioning before you get into combat. I'm, like, thinking about maybe getting the board to be that's smaller. The, that's the sweet... No, that's about the sweet spot. You can Because you want, like, kind of, like, if your deployment is screwed as a player, you want that kind of first turn or two to kind of fool yourself out. And if you look at most most things, most war games, anyways, there's usually that kind of first one or two turns where you are feeling yourself out before you do it. Granted, I haven't oh, yeah. played your game. I'm just speaking for... No, I think that's... I think that's definitely... I think that's definitely true. Because that's, like... I was, like, weighing it back and forth, and sometimes it's really good during demos that, like, there's no attacking on, like, the first or second turn, so they get, like, a feel for, like, how, like, the resource stuff works. Um, and it's, like, we have, like... Yeah, this is, like, there's a lot of little tweaks I want to do, but more, but more or less the game is done, and I would love for it to get published <laughs> and, and hit shelves. Um, so... Oh, yeah, we got like three hundred some odd backers and thirty thousand dollars, and that was cool. I'm very, very proud of what my little game has done. Everyone's like, "Breezy, you okay?" The Kickstarter didn't go through, and I'm like, "Man, I'm so fine because I came to grips that it wasn't gonna fund like two weeks ago." <laughs> you you pretty much knew before anyone else did that it wasn't going to work out, so you had plenty of time to cope with it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just like, "All right, let's um." Let's uh, let's let's just continue to do our best, <laughs> and maybe maybe by some miracle we'll get retweeted by Obama and things will work out. <laughs> um, we actually got we got like some really cool people like back in the game, like the head of Greater Than Games, the guys who made like Sentinels of the Multiverse. 
Like oh, he was, he's, he's apparently an Aegis fan. He's like, this game looks sweet. <laughs> and then uh, we got Jerry, Jerry Holkins, the founder of Penny Arcade. Takes the yep. shit out of the game, so he's he's awesome. Uh, I was trying really hard, like the last two or three days, to get Andrew WK to retweet us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, because like I saw like last winter, I saw two Andrew WK concerts within like twenty days. And, like, he follows us on Twitter and stuff and everything. It's great. So I'm like, Andrew! I'll drive you! <laughs> you can be, or you can have an Andrew, you can have a robot WK in our game. <laughs> have you thought about sending it into Geek and Sundry? Oh my god, I can, uh, like, I guess that's not as easy as it sounds. You have to send, you know, I guess, uh, I talked to the publisher about this, our publisher. And there's, like, a whole process behind it. You have to send them, like, six or eight copies of your game that you never get back. So you basically give them, like, $400 of merchandise. And they may or may not ever review it or do anything with it. Mm. So there's, like... Ah! I, would, I, I would very much like to uh, be put on Geek and Sundry, because then we would be millionaires. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know of some of some like smaller some podcasters. I mean, like the D six generation is like a huge board gaming podcast. Yeah, I don't even know who those guys are. I'm going to write them down right now. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're actually like if you look under iTunes under games and hobbies, they're one of the first podcasts that pop up. They're always at the What's top. Uh, the D six generation. Do you know anyone there, or just know the podcast? I know the podcast because I've listened to it for the last year. If I, if I had knew, known anybody there, I would have had them on the show already, and the show would have already been bigger than it is now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's but, see here. But, um, no, they're, they're, um, they're bored, they do a lot of, um, they're a lot of hobbyists, so, like, they, they do war games, but they've also, they also do a lot of, like, they do Descent. I, I've literally bought most of Descent because of them. Oh, is that, um, oh, no, I'm thinking about something else. There's, like, a new game that just came out that everyone's gangbusters for called like deep madness it's on kickstarter i'm sure it made like a trillion dollars because it has been <laughs> and um <laughs> that's the secret kids put plastic dude guys in your game and you'll get four <laughs> trillion dollars on kickstarter it's all about the meeples man you, you got you got meeples <laughs> hey, man. oh oh dude that's another thing like i just looked at a kickstarter today actually that's probably well over a hundred grand right now uh, i don't even know what it's called it's something it's like <laughs> tiny explorers some super generic fantasy game that's probably pretty good but the main gimmick <laughs> of the game is um it comes with meeples that have weapons that you can attach to them so like they're customizable meeples with little meeple weapons okay. and I'm like how hasn't somebody done this before and that's, so therefore the thing is i even know if the game is good but everyone's they have a hundred grand and people who want those customizable meeples yeah so they're probably and just like screwed the game it may be good but we want the customizable meeples because when I play my my when I play Settlers of Catan, I want my meeples want to my... have swords. Yeah, actually, though, <laughs> <laughs> like an investment into that game is like just makes all of your other games better. So I can completely understand why it's making a quadrillion dollars. Yeah. Um, and then the aftermarket so thing support for that too. If you just be like, okay, now we're gonna sell you a box of the meeples for like thirty bucks. This is going to be like, yes, I need more. Oh, yeah. That was actually a question I, I had for you was uh, when you were you thinking about making minis 
for Aegis um, or finding a, a place to, to like 3D print well, minis or anything like that, and then selling those with like a like a collector's edition type thing. Well, let's see. Well, first the game has to get funded, and yeah. Then and then so mini so miniatures can be completely added to our game with nothing like nothing lost. It's really yeah. we just don't want them in the base box because we don't want the game to be like really really expensive. I think the game's already. It might already be too expensive at $40. I don't think so. But um, the thing is, everybody looks at the game as a tactics game. They're like, where are the miniatures? But, you know, all of the, we have like 90 unique dudes in our game that you can play as. And so it's like miniatures. We went through like a lot of talks about how to put miniatures in our game the best way. Um, yeah. We settled on. We settled on. So we're going to launch the game, and the game's going to be completely cardboard. And I think, uh, don't quote me on this, because this could change in the future, obviously, because it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. But we kind of, the, the two ideas that I want to go for are, we're going to have, like, the big, awesome, like, Voltron robots, so you, you know, you combine your whole team together. Uh, right. Those big, awesome level four and five robots, um, they can have miniatures, and then, like, little expansions that have like 20 or so robots in them so the game is structured like an lcg where you have like big box big box small expansion small expansion big box um and so my plan was to have the small boxes come with like two or three minis or something that are like super high detail and awesome for the bigger guys and then if the game ends up being really really successful obviously um then we could do miniatures packs like sentinels tactics like that game ships. That game ships all cardboard, and they sell like a pack of twenty little miniatures that you can just buy and add to the game, and they're like cool and like repainted and whatnot. Um, so that's the other thing you were thinking about. So yeah, we could have uh, hire Kurt to just prepaint all of your minis by hand. Yeah, actually, though. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> so yeah that's uh, that's like the status on minis it's like if the game the game's fun and awesome and if like we can get the game funded and popular and it's really great at retail <laughs> and the game gets like a fan base then like yeah we'll have miniatures all day we have the infrastructure to do and everything like our publisher is like the miniatures publisher they have the guy who modeled big daddy working for them from like bioshock so like yeah we can like, our publisher Green Bar Games can poo-poo out awesome miniatures all day, but the game has to be successful first to justify it. Yeah. So, you, if there's, there's anything, give give you money so you can get better things later on. Honestly, yeah. It's like, dude, we probably, yeah, the game's, the game's really fun. You can play it without miniatures. You really don't need miniatures for it to be good. <laughs> it's yeah. not like Warhammer where... It's not like Warhammer where the game's like, you know, three hours long, so you really want to appreciate every miniature. It's like a 25-minute casual tactics game. It's like, miniatures would be great, but they're not the main idea <laughs> of the game. Um, I guess we're closer to HeroClix. Not HeroClix. We're closer to HeroScape. That's the one, that's the game that everyone kind of compares our game to, is that HeroScape. It's like casual war game for the kiddos. It's the gateway <laughs> war game. The it's the gateway a, yeah. war game. Gateway war games. <laughs> You're the pot of war games. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Um, yeah, look out for that. Uh, Kickstarter is gonna go back up eventually. We're like gonna go do a bunch of like logistical talks and whatnot soon, and then we're gonna 
probably have some news for people within the next few weeks. Um, that's cool. Robots, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Robots in a hex gate in a hex base tactical fight. I'm gonna have to play this game though. It's good. Game. It's good. It, the, uh, find a find a good weekend, and uh, we can just take a trip up to Worcester. Grab uh grab some drinks at like the the Boynton, and uh, yep, just play the game. Oh yeah, that's right. I have an office in Worcester. You should come by and do stuff there. It'll be great. Yeah, and totally not just you know throw things around your office. <laughs> yeah, we have, <laughs> we have whiteboard tables. It's so cool. Oh, I mean, I that's think awesome. I think we might have another guest. I have to go let Sarah into my house. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. We can fill. We can make filler. Can Me and fill. Chris are good at this. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, while he's off doing that, Project Aegis, uh, fantastic game. And um, to those of you who come over to the States for PAX, uh, check them out at PAX East. Happening, I think, some point in March this year. There's, there's, I've, been getting, I've been getting Facebook messages about it. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't really care. I'm probably not going to be in the States anymore by the time that happens. I might um, have to go because... Uh, do you have tickets? No. Sorry. Well, you might be able to get a press pass. I, I, I might. We might be able to do press. Um, it's not a terribly difficult system to get press. And press does go in early. Um, they go in that Thursday as opposed to uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So you do get like exclusive chances to go talk to people and whatnot. Um, Are we talking about packs? Yeah. yeah. And press. So, yeah, press. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know the process to get press badges. I assume that you just ask really, really nicely. Uh, you ask really, really nicely, and you have to kind of prove that you do some level of press stuff and have been for more than release date of passes. <laughs> just, um, just say that you're Kotaku. <laughs> just say that. Just say that. Just say that. Hello, I am Mr. Kotaku. I, I, I am Mr. Kotaku. I'm too I pretentious am... to play rock band. Hulk Hogan <laughs> tried to kill me. <laughs> I am the Kotaku. <laughs> All right, so James. Uh, you're going in as Kotaku, right? And then I'm gonna bleach everything, and I'll go in as Hogan, and uh, I'll get a press pass saying I'm trying to find Mr. Kotaku. <laughs> so, like, how do I dress? Is this like 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 a black tie and like top hat kind of like thing, or like I have to like walk around with like gloves and a cane and be like I'm Mr. Kotaku and like grow out a mustache that I can twirl up or something? No, you would actually look like you would actually look like a really sketchy hobo. Okay, so normal. So like normal me. So get yeah. my trench my, my leather trench coat and Pink Floyd t shirt out. No, actually yeah, just dress up like a hobo and carry around the sign that says Hulk Hogan, Hulkamadian my house. Is that a shave a quarter of your beard? A quarter of my beard. <laughs> okay. I am just talk to you. Man, I really hope Kotaku gets really pissed at us and writes an article and then people will go. What's, what's this? And then we get a bunch of viewers for no good reason. <laughs> oh, We're literally just being shitlords. <laughs> oh, dude, that's like that, dude, that's like the Kotaku business model is look at something really that's like 
like five people are paying attention to and write a whole article about it and then five million people are paying attention to it <laughs> and then and then the rest of press follows because now yep. people are paying attention to it yeah, and it's everyone's like, oh, like, oh, this is actually really cool. And Kotaku's like, no, it was just so bad. Yeah, snoot. You'll <laughs> go over to, like, you'll go over to, like, you'll, yeah, you'll go over to, like, uh, you'll go over, like, Polygon. They'll be, like, they'll report on Kotaku's reporting, which is reporting on you. <laughs> It'll be great. And then Forbes will report on Polygon, who's reporting on Kotaku, who's reporting on you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then uh and then one up will and then like yeah like joystick will resurrect itself just to talk about how you can't view <laughs> you can't view forbes with an ad blocker on and talk about the policy behind it but for some reason it will explicitly link to the article that discusses uh kotaku which discusses you <laughs> and then uh and then ign won't be able to play our game yeah. <laughs> no, they'll rate it. I don't they'll understand. Rate it three out of, they'll, they'll rate it three out of ten, and then people will people will throw a riot, and they'll have another guy review it, and also rate it a three out of ten. <laughs> and then media critic will give it like a six out of ten because it's media critic. And the summary of this whole train, and the summary of this entire train of thought is everyone should play God Hand. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Great game, and, everybody. And then, and then about a, like an extra couple weeks down the line, uh, we'll get a, a, a WTF is, and it'll be a pretty good review. Um, but it'll point out the glaring flaws we have in the game, uh, which we we are very sensitive about. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> One of us will have to go into rehab for it, obviously, because they have a mental breakdown. Um, yep. Shoddy, not it. <laughs> and uh, I've that's uh, up. I've done my dues. <laughs> You've done your dues. All right, I've so it's, it's Will. We're yep. sending Will. We're sending Will. She's going to drive him up there. What am I doing here? Don't, don't, just go in. You have to go in. And man. then, hold on. And then, and then, about two years later, Markiplier will play it. And it'll and be huge again. It'll just be a full resurgence, and we're just going to make bank. Exactly. And then, and then Jacksepticeye will play it, and it'll be all right. It'll be pretty good, yeah. It'll be pretty good. It'll be pretty good. And then PewDiePie will get it and just make it like look like a piece of shit. And but everybody will make a lot of money off of that. Everyone will view it because I don't know why. Because <laughs> <laughs> he'll name it something creative that has nothing with the game's title in it. Uh, since it's going to be something very simple anyways, um, and everyone else is looking at it, Game Theory will have to do something on it. Mm-hmm. And that's when we're going to be proud of ourselves. Again. That's where we're proud. Of that's where we, we we soothe our. Uh, that's that's where the pain of oh we're uh, we're buffering. Yeah, we. I don't know if that's just me or if it's. No, it's it's giving me the like. Is it us, James? James is like us. It's it's, it's us. Buff. It's me. It's it's totally for some reason it it like Are... felt like like disconnecting and I don't know why. Dun, dun, dun. What happens? I, I'm assuming it's the Twitch servers, because, like, they, it'll disconnect to us and drop us randomly for no reason. Yeah. But we're back. We're back? We're back. Well, that's fantastic. <laughs> and I hope everyone had a fantastic break. <laughs> and that's how I got back from Mars. It's true. It's true. <laughs> true story. Look it up. True story. <laughs> uh, Breeze is actually crying. It's not I'm laughing. Always, I'm always crying. <laughs> 
<laughs> Ever since Becker. <laughs> too funny, too funny. They're sweatpants, though. Those are real comfy sweatpants. Um, that aside, uh, time to play everyone's favorite game, Who's Not Wearing Pants? Yeah. I am distinctly wearing pants, thank you. Uh, so it boils down to me and James again. <laughs> That's the challenge. Uh, cast your votes using hashtag FreeHurgleMan. <laughs> and you can win a copy of Halo 5. And you can win a copy of Halo 5. From Will. We, we, will, we will back this up too. Go back to episode 1. He has the disc. It is unopened. We will give you a copy of Halo 5. If you can guess which one of us is wearing pants. We well we won't, but uh, we're gonna coerce, uh, Will to. We yeah. we won't. Me, me and James won't. Yeah. But we'll strong arm Will to do it. Yeah. Yeah. By putting him in James's basement instead. <laughs> that that's gonna be a feed. That's like a, that's gonna be like an intercontinental kidnapping. Uh. So yeah. Um. Donate to the Patreon so we can go fly over to England and kidnap Will and put him in James's basement so he gives you guys a Halo Five. Sounds 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 legit. <laughs> sounds legit. Totally not illegal. <laughs> totally not breaking. Probably several international laws. Uh, so definitely not going to get us for a little while this. though. Like <laughs> like for like the first part, it'd be like totally like okay. Oh yeah, no that that's fine. That's a that's a good one. Um, we can we can we can do Bernie's it. Just drug him to all hell and just like prop him around. <laughs> it would be the best vlog ever. <laughs> How to kidnap your co-host. <laughs> Just weekend at Bernie's it. We're gonna periscope this shit right now. Uh so so really really the way to do it is uh is get him a little drunk and then tell him that there's a pinball machine uh, in your basement. That's uh that's how it works. Just start playing time. Just start playing uh the Who and just let it happen. Let the magic happen. Alright, so let's keep some level of structure to our show. Uh let's go around seeing what everyone has been playing this week um oh oh breeze breeze sounds like he wants to say something oh i haven't played a video game in three years <laughs> uh, you're playing you're playing a business simulator uh, yeah right well the I, simulation I I, is real i guess i guess i may have played a few games um even cooler than what I've been playing, though, is that I just saw a game today that might be the first RPG I buy in, like, three years. What is it called? What is it called? It looks really cool. It's by some company I've never heard of because I'm so out of the loop. It's called some company called Ryu, And I'm like, is that... Is the, did Square Enix hire some interns and put a label on them? Uh, what is... Who is Ryu? Um, what is it called? It's a cool-looking game. It's about... It's called The Alliance Alive, and it's coming out for the 3DS in Japan in early next year, and then probably here, because if it doesn't come out here, I'll just be annoyed. Oh, um, yeah, that does look like uh, Squeenix Interns. Yeah. Yeah, no, it looks it, it looks like Bravely Default, because this genre has been devoid of originality for, like, 20 years. But... Briefly, briefly, default looked good, so I'm not digging it too bad. Uh, the there are nine protagonists, and you play as several of them from different perspectives, 
And I always, I really, really dig that kind of story structure. Like, uh, Suicune 3 did that on the PS2. Yeah, yeah Suicune uh, 3. And then, uh, and then, uh, Bacano, cool gangster anime, was all over that. 14 main characters and three timelines that get shown to you all at the same time. And, uh, the 2003 smash hit movie Rat Race, starring Whoopi Goldberg, also and Rowan Atkinson structure. and Sean yes. Green, <laughs> Seth Green, Seth Green. Before, See, you're paying attention. He, Good. Before he was <laughs> Robot Chicken. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, who remembers that movie? But yeah, I, I really like stories with that structure. So I'm excited to see if The Alliance Alive by Who Ryu is going to be a really great game. And other than that, I played a game called Politicats, which is a cookie clicker game. Yeah, I have that. Uh, it's a, really? Politicats on yeah. your phone? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's it's just, I can't help myself. Did it also lose it? It's like so mindless. <laughs> it's, a, it's a clicker. Um, it's, what do you expect? Then, yeah, really. I kind of lost. I kind of lost it for me. Like at a point, you go from like dollars to thousands to millions to trillions, and then your the currency just starts going to like AA, BB, CC. It's like it doesn't even have the pretense of being money anymore. It's just, you're really just looking at a four-digit number go up, and then reset over time. Uh, there is a game called Wartide. Heroes of Atlantis. It's a full 3D RPG on phones that I worked on. And that's a Corgi. Yes, um, it is. Oh, it's <laughs> Hi, cute. Benny Benny. But yeah, everyone, everyone should check out Wartide. It's only available on Android because I worked on it and for actually no other reason than that. Um, and then... Hi. That was... And then Grooveball. Grooveball crushed the, uh, the peak of my game development career. Available on iOS only. Uh, it has 2 million downloads in China. In China? <laughs> <laughs> and um, it is a game about a marble <laughs> that I worked on while I was working in a company called Game Guts. And it's. I hope that uh, I hope that it is the peak of my career as a game <laughs> as a game developer. It is the greatest thing. I want I want uh, Markiplier to play it. <laughs> <laughs> Grooveball. Oh, and I played the Steven Universe RPG on the phone because that was probably the best JRPG to come out in like five years. Was the stupid Steven Universe two-hour-long JRPG called Attack the Light, and that was that game was legit. Uh, but yeah, that's that's, uh, that's all I've played. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Hergle Man? Uh, well, well, hi. Uh, James, go ahead. I have a puppy. Okay. <laughs> uh, besides some of the normal games I've been playing, uh, I played Civ Six. That that came Civ out. Six? Yeah, I'm 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 a total four X fan while not being any good at the games. Oh, that's how I feel about, like, most action games. Like, I play Bayonetta, and I love Bayonetta, but I'm really bad at Bayonetta. Yeah, it, I always feel like... <laughs> it's, the thing is, too, like, with Bayonetta, is, like, look, you at least be like, I can play this on casual and, like, still get the story out of it. With 4X, you, 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 you make your own story. So if I'm playing on the lowest... Yeah, I just beat 12 computers on beginner. 
I'm good at this game. They didn't even get past the ancient era. I'm great. I was nuking them. Well, they had clubs. Which, it's, it's, I mean, if you look at the current geopolitical scape, that's that's kind of par for some play, some cases, but no. Um, but it, I've, yeah, it was fun. I've been a huge Civ fan. I had um five four since four I should I should state since four I did four five uh, space you remember space I remember space. How and do you then, like the art style for Civ Six? I'm just sad that it's not Leonard Nimoy anymore doing all the <laughs> quotes. I, it, they have Sean Bean, which is probably one of the few roles you'll actually hear him in where he doesn't get murdered. Um, and I was he, actually about to be like. I wonder why Leonard Nimoy isn't doing that anymore in the Nair. Leonard Nimoy is still immortal in my mind. I never actually assumed, I never actually knew it was possible. No, he, no <laughs> he's like David Bowie. He didn't die. He just went home. That's what happened. Ah. He just went home. Just went home. Yep. So, Civ, I actually streamed it. It's on the YouTube channel because I streamed two hours of playing Japan. And we're in the classical era. I'm, I'm working my way towards the Renaissance. I just got Samurais, and there may be a war brewing with Portugal slash um, Saudi or uh, the, the Arab Empire. And I'm allied with Egypt. Figure that one. <laughs> that's 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 some crazy stuff. Japan. Yeah, but it's it's been a ton of fun. I really recommend it, especially if you're a Civ fan or if you're a 4X fan. They've, the, the UI in that game is beautiful. Like, everything, like, every tool tip is in the right spot. It just feels like you you can have as much or as little detail as you want. It's, I really enjoy it. So, stream that. Probably going to keep playing that on stream for a little while since I have a Lazy Sunday stream I do. As long as Game Show doesn't keep crashing on me. But we'll, we'll figure out that. Um, then, besides from that, I played another new game. And let me, where, where's my Steam library? Cause I could talk. Oh, I played um, Total War Warhammer because all the new DLC came down. So I started playing more of that. Speaking of board games, um, yeah, it's they as with any Total War game, it's only going to get better with time. As they release the progressive DLCs, they add more races, more classes, more units to the game. Um, I like what they do. They're doing with kind of these smaller <laughs> campaigns within the in the game. And not going the way of uh, total war, the other total war games where it's like a whole nother campaign. It's you know you start with the same start, but now other factions are popping up, so they're already making the game more in depth when you start the grand campaign. And besides from that, I guess I'm on a holding pattern because I bought Final Fantasy 15, and we're just gonna wait for that. Hey, Chris dropped. It was it was him. It was a puppy. I ba I blamed the puppy. I bet. Chris actually just sent me a Facebook message. And at the exact same time, his Skype dropped. So I want to believe... I actually... I don't actually know. <laughs> what? I uh, maybe it's my, it's my fault, obviously. No, I, I will, will blame the dog. Because the dog is nice. And probably doesn't know any better. It wouldn't feel bad even if we, we did blame them. I will read Adam to the call. This is this is this is why we do this live. These wonderful comedic bits jump in. 
Besides, we've already been doing this for 43 minutes. I can, let's see. I could talk mindlessly about... <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want. I mean, like I said, the the world is your... The migration, the migration pattern of Canadian geese. Okay. <laughs> um... So yeah, kids, uh, make board games. Be happy. That's that's my advice. That's that's my, that's that's a pearl of wisdom. And you've been um, and gonna, you've been you've been building this for three. This has been like a three year project for you. Oh god, yeah. Like I said, it's like we. It's like the game. It's really just been like yeah, like rebuild after rebuild, and we've done like a lot of other stuff besides this. It's not like I ate and breathed and like breathe this game for three years of my life um but yeah so it's it's just been interesting every every it was like our first game that we ever put together so it was a uh, every single thing is a learning experience from designing the game to what make doing arts and crafts to make the game to pitch the game to sell the game to go everywhere with the game and now the work with a publisher has also been a learning experience to do a Kickstarter has been a learning experience. Um, and so we are all very, very powerful now because we have grinded the EXP uh, like good RPG characters. You've pumped all um, your skill points into the game design. Honestly, though. It's like, yeah, a lot of this has definitely been... People, I, I know a lot of people would totally just quit... <laughs> Because it would make a lot of sense to quit. Because, uh, man, like, who really wants to deal with running a Kickstarter? Not normal people, that's for damn sure. Um, even people who run good Kickstarters don't want to deal with running a Kickstarter. It's basically like being a politician, but capitalist. Yeah, I was, um, <laughs> I was, I had followed uh, the development of an RPG called Red Markets, who... Oh, I thought you were about, I thought you were about to say Indivisible. No. Because <laughs> that was, uh, that was a crowdfunding campaign and a half. Yeah, this one was this one was um he the guy's name is Caleb Strokes and he developed an RPG called Red Markets which which got funded on Kickstarter. Um yep. but though it wasn't the first campaign he had run, he had helped um he's part of this group called RPPR which is Role Playing Public Radio. They do actual plays of role playing games. So, he of course decided to create an economic horror game based in the zombie apocalypse. Uh, <laughs> All right. And the best way to describe the game and the reason why it's economic horror is that like the zombie apocalypse is there to set the scene. Yep. And um, the zombie apocalypse happened. Uh, most people were able to like escape to areas of relative safety. So basically, anything west of the Mississippi is the fall zone, and everything to the east of it is uh, safe because that's where they like that's where the last stand happened. So like civilized. I mean, it sounds Earth like real life. So, needless to say, that all happened, and where you play is you play a taker. <laughs> Welcome back, Chris. I am back. Um, I'm di I'm discussing red markets. Um, so you you play a person who is illegally considered dead by the government because you're in the lost, and you have to go out into the hellish, zombie encrusted world to do jobs for people because you don't have requisite skills to like be a farmer or a machinist or something. And the reason why it's economic horror is that if the job you get hired to do a job, you have to negotiate the job. If you go and do the job and it gets fucked up in some way and you don't make enough money, you then have to come home 
and look at your daughter and your dependents, because this game basically says you have to have people who give a shit about you that you burden yourself on, or else you're just becoming murder hobos, and this game isn't about being murder hobos. And you basically have to tell little Susie that she's not eating food tonight because you only got enough money to put more bullets back into your gun so you can go back into the horror that is the wasteland to kill more zombies to hopefully make enough money to feed her. That's Ooh. that's that's the game in a nutshell. And it, it funded. But he was he talked through his like kind of like running the Kickstarter. He's like, Yeah, I was a nervous wreck for thirty days. <laughs> He's like, it Yeah, was, it was uh it was bad. <laughs> running a Kickstarter is running a Kickstarter is is, is terrible. This <laughs> it's not good for your health, especially like luckily I am I, I don't have a full time job right now. So if I did, this would have basically been impossible. Um, I don't even know how people do it without, like, you have to really be on it, like, 100% of the time, and, like, even when you're not on it, you're refreshing the page over and over again, it's like, ah! Yeah, because it's like, if, if a new update comes in, or you hit a new milestone tier, you have to update the art for the milestone tier, then you have to make sure the press release goes out about it, thanking people, and you have to, like, get other people re-engaged because even though you hit that milestone tier you've got more milestone tiers coming up that you need to you want oh god to hit. yeah yeah it, it, it almost yeah, exactly. it almost sounds like this is like an avenue for a pr company to like really jump in on and be like you give us x amount of your funding and we can make this happen for you we'll run your kickstarter oh yeah there's oh no if you launch a kickstarter you're immediately bombarded with a bunch of, like, shitlords who will be like, oh, we're an advertiser, we're a marketing firm, we'll get you all the clicks and stuff. And, um... Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, like, there's... There, oh, there are, bullshit. Like, yeah, and yeah, you're just complete, like... It's complete crap. That's great, and, like, but money makes my Kickstarter win, not clicks. Really, you know? <laughs> like, actually. Like, I think I think uh, we might have used, like, one of those just because it's like, oh, we have, like, 50 bucks to throw around. Uh, so, like, I think uh, one of the guys at our publisher was just like, I'm going to try this guy because why not? <laughs> Whatever, man. And, like, apparently if it works, it, it works. If it's not, you know, it's, it's only this much. Not a big deal. Yeah, really. It got us, like, 4,000 clicks or something crazy like that, but not one. I don't actually believe that. And I want to know who actually clicked on it. Because mm. that's. It's like. Mr. Kotaku clicked on it 40,000. Mr. Kotaku clicked on it 4,000 times himself. G Jason Schreier clicked on it. I know Jason Schreier, the RPG guy at Kotaku. We go to the same awful message board. Great. So now that we've filled enough, Chris, what have you played in video games recently? Um, I actually went back to Diablo 3. Yeah. I'm playing that. Yep. Any specific way? <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by going back to, I mean, I, I played more than the first uh, level and a half. Okay. Uh, so I, I beat it. Um... It's not a spoiler alert anymore because the game's been out for like what two and a half years, three and a half yeah, years. If you, some if you haven't like beaten it at this point, God, watch a freaking YouTube Let's Play. Like seriously, point. like seriously, it's time. There have been seven seasons. There have been seven seasons in that it's game. It's on season eight right now. Yeah, like <laughs> it's serious. Um, but yeah, it ended in a total cliffhanger. 
Uh, which, the way they were going, seemed like they were going to wrap it up in a nice, neat bow. And the base game, without the last chapter of uh, Reaper of Souls, they wrapped it up in a nice, neat bow. And then they bring in this new asshole. And he was the only boss that I died on. At all. I found out that wizards are really broken if you use exclusively the disintegration ray. Yep. Uh, just right click and wait. Right click to win. Um, right click and wait. Uh, except against him, where you have to move and do things slowly. I actually won that using the hailstorm. Okay. Using just the fire rain. And I just kind of put that in the center and I kited him into it a bunch of times. And it was like a half an hour of me running in circles, just dodging everything. It was kind of a bullet hell. And I liked that. Um, I, I'm I'm not the biggest bullet hell individual, but it was it was nice. It's bullet hell with RPG mechanics. Yeah, which isn't it's not typical. No. Um, I played a a little bit of other games of variety, mostly a lot of Overwatch. Um, I've been mostly kind of focusing in the tabletop RPGs kind of area, which I, I thought it was a perfect time to bring Breeze on, because uh, James and I are about to do a 5e campaign, and I'm super excited about that. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, Breeze, you're going to love me for my parody songs. I'll have to sing them to you later. He's not um, letting me hear any of them, and I'm game mastering I'm the game. I'm avoiding letting him hear all of them. I can, I can say a few titles for them. I know uh, one of the songs he's parodying it off of. You you know one? One. And for whom? Yes. Uh but you don't you don't know like pretty much anything else. And I have a notebook here actually. Um I'm just going to keep waving it. A little notebook that is currently 3 pages in of just lyrics for these parody songs. I'm, I'm pretty uh I'm pretty proud. I'm pretty proud of it. Um, one of the one of the bands I'm parodying is uh, Franz Ferdinand. Good. Uh, for unfortunately we don't have that class anymore, but uh, I have it anyway. Cause why not? Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. You guys waited a significant amount of time for pretty much nothing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> That's what I am. I'm just only disappointment. <laughs> These things happen. It's okay. It was a kind of slow week, and work has been super crazy. So it's not like I have been really. I didn't really have time to do anything. This is the reason why we're we're recording at eleven o'clock at night, four yep. a.m. Yep. British summertime. Mm-hmm. Um, I did start up playthrough of uh diablo 3 on my live stream on youtube uh special thanks to kim for being the coolest follower ever uh after like a four month hiatus on youtube i came back started streaming immediately there coolest follower ever um big hearts i'm not saying that you guys aren't the coolest either but like I was really, I was expecting zero people. Period, and someone exclusively from my YouTube channel was right there. It was really nice, uh, and I love all you guys too. Special loves, special loves, little heart. Um, 
So yeah, I was playing through that, and the trick on that one is I am attempting to do the whole game in German. Because, um, <laughs> holy crap, it's really hard. I have no idea what's going on, and I'm trying to interpolate as many words from German from what I know about this plot line. Um, the specifics are escaping me for like a bunch of stuff, but I'm basically trying to indulge myself with just German things and encase myself in, in, in German uh, because I do intend to go over to Germany for university for studying physics. You're Super kind of excited. Calling, calling it university. Universitate. I'm, I'm not going to college for it. I'm going to university. Um, <laughs> it also helps that Germany is like the board games capital of the world. There's so many cool things over in Germany. I'm excited. There's neat technologies. There's a bridge that has uh, a computer built into it. Like, it's it's cool. I think it controlled the LED lights of the bridge. That, okay. I was going to say, like, is it just like somebody decided to build their server into the bridge? It's like, yeah, yeah, that runs my email email junk <laughs> server. <laughs> the bridge? Yeah. Where else would you want to put your junk email? Where, where would you even think about putting anything else? Come on, <laughs> it just makes sense. It just it just stands there it's all just, the time. Doesn't even do this. It doesn't even choice. do this anymore. You got to do something with it. It's going to store my junk emails. Um, let's see. Uh, yep. Uh, a $12.3 million smart bridge is opening, being built in northern Bavaria, featuring technology never seen on the Autobahn before. Uh, sensors built into it on Autobahn 9 will capture, analyze... And uh, we'll capture and analyze data such as strain, movements, inclination of the bridge, as well as temperature, humidity, and pressure from vehicles. Experts will be able to tell the state of the bridge according to the data that receive. The aim of discovering damage before regular tests. So it's pretty much a self-monitoring bridge that lets you know, hey, uh, there's a lot more traffic than you initially realized, or uh, anything like that. Which is really cool. That's really interesting. What tech is so cool? Um, when it's a self-healing bridge, then self-healing bridge, which they do have self-growing concrete that's like based out of like a mushroom matter. Yep. I don't think it's structurally strong enough yet because the mushroom matter is too crumbly, porous. But like, yeah, it's it's not it's it's too soft. Um, as as a material itself but it's an interesting thing um certainly certainly cool for creating like architectural sculptures um speaking of of of, of a concrete uh, i work with a few concrete companies in my in my actual job that isn't this and uh today i went down into uh my boss slash co-worker's office um he, he's technically my boss, but, like, the level of control within the company I have is f pretty close, because I'm the tech guy. Um, he had 12 just concrete pumpkins. Just pumpkins made from concrete <laughs> in his office uh, that were little jack-o'-lanterns. And I was like, are we selling those? Mischief night-proof jack-o'-lanterns for your Halloween needs. I don't know if you guys have Mischief Night over in uh, in the UK. 
over in Europe. I think no, I think I that's. A, I think Halloween is like mainly a an American holiday. Well, I know that Halloween is pretty much the party night, like costumes and partying. Pretty much everywhere else in the world. Yeah. Um, but like, I know it's it's not like you know, there's not as many traditions. But I don't know if mischief night is anything. I'm probably sure they think mischief night is the party night because you know, the way it's probably it, pre game night. Yeah. Got <laughs> <laughs> gotta get the gotta get that. Make sure I can hand this thing can handle a uh, night of drinking this costume. Oh, oh, breeze, breeze is gone. One after another, we drop like flies. It's all good. We'll just. <laughs> Just, just keep it rolling. Just keep it rolling. That's what we're gonna just do. Keep going. Just keep just it going. Keep going. As long as I don't go down, if I go down, something's wrong. Something is very wrong. Uh, don't call the police, but uh, call James. His number is uh, censored. Bar bleep sounds for all the numbers. I'm really bad at this editing thing. James, can you please help me out with this? Yeah, no, I'll put it in post. I'll put it in okay, post. Good. Put it in post. This is totally. This is totally not live, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. We, this is pre-recorded, yeah. so mm-hmm. you you're all watching a pre-recorded video that we did earlier. Yeah. From uh from you know June 2012. Exactly. <laughs> Before we knew each other. <laughs> um. We went yeah, back in time. I, yeah. Just. Uh, that's a- just, just editing you so you like actually look like a person again. Uh, so video editing is a very interesting thing. Um, it lets you control time uh, the way no other skill can. So really good editors can edit things before uh, they even you know get recorded or anything like that. It's it's fascinating. Uh, totally not uh, debunked by science in any way, shape, or form. Just don't look into it. It's fine. <laughs> so say, if so, how the hell do I get that skill? I'd love to edit this before <laughs> before it happens. Uh, a few sacrificial goats. Okay, yeah. I have those on my street. I'll go get after that but... on mischief night. On mischief night, <laughs> where uh, you can have uh, uh, mischief gonna... night proof pumpkins and jack o' lanterns. <laughs> <laughs> See, how big were they? Are they like the small pumpkins? Or are we pumpkins. T- they're like the no, full they were, size. Yeah, they were. They were like yay large. Okay, because like if they were like the smaller ones, I was like that could be more dangerous at mischief night because that could go through a window pretty and do some. Oh more yeah, no, shit. you're not throwing those things. Okay. I mean, if it's they were basically the same like weight as a cinder block. Okay. Like I mean, you could put it through a window. But it would be uncomfortable and difficult to do. <laughs> Specifically, the uncomfortable part is like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Let me hoist this pumpkin made of stone! More or less what they are. He also has big feet. We, we produce big feet. They're, they're like giant footprints that are like this big. <laughs> so you, like, like big foot, cast, foot casts? Yeah, more or less. All right. Yeah. Things you may need. This is just... Don't know why, but we do. I think it was for, like, a, a kid's museum or something like that. Okay. Cause this, cause they, like, we do all sorts like, of stuff. Footpath. Yeah, footpath. Um, Pun totally intended. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's it. My brain is still kind of in cement. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> 
I didn't come on here ready. I was working until like nine. So bad. usually you had more. You had more prepared. You were more prepared for this show than any of the other shows that we've ever done. Because it's normally like me texting you five minutes before. Chris, get on Skype now. <laughs> it really is. I've had like a week and a half to prepare, and and this is the show that you mess. <laughs> this is the show I mess up the most. Um, the show that yeah. you're this, when you have two minutes to prepare. It's per- good, great. Yep. This one. Hey, I I didn't I didn't add to the fact. It was just like, James, you could go live at any time now. Sure. Yeah, just let me know when you're available. <laughs> and then I call James. This is the first time I've ever called you. Yeah. As well. This is weird. I don't like it. You take that responsibility back. I'm gonna go do my own thing sometime. It's eventually. Fine. I was supposed to stream that uh, that German thing again, but work and things just. Oh my god, I hate it. the tech work is just so soul draining. That's 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 IT work, man. That's what it is yeah. in a nutshell. It is. But it pays the bills. It, it it pays the bills, which I still need to pay, but that's a different story. Ooh. They're not due for another, like, four days, so it's fine. I just paid all mine. I, yeah. I'm weeping slowly inside. This is this is becoming the single most boring stream we have ever done. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> just, just watching two guys. This is like... Two guys, like, kind of complain about their jobs hey, and talk about feel, paying I feel, bills. I feel like, like... We should be sitting like down right now with like a couple beers and like the cat the, like the eating channel, just like talking about <laughs> our day. This is like what's happening right now. It's like we're- uh, so that 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 poses a question to you guys. Um, would you guys watch a channel of just uh just me and James just kind of whining about life? No, just winding down from our day. Just, just, just winding ha- down from the day. Just being kind of like grumpy people, because that's that's really in the nutshell that we're we're genuinely grumpy. That's really what it is. It's pretty good. <laughs> uh, would you, would you watch that? Would you would you come by? Would you crack open your own drinks and let us know how your days have been going? Yeah. Can we have yeah. a mutual bitch session? That's what it'd be. That would be great. You, that's what we would call it. I think that's the name of the title of the stream. Would be. Um. Can mutual... we put this on coffee? Uh, can, we we'll put it on coffee night media. Um. Or coffee night something or other something of my coffee night series of domain names and accounts that i have and uh we'll we'll call it uh we'll call it uh steaming and venti <laughs> and we'll make coffee puns and uh it'll be great it'll be great we great we have to drink coffee during it no okay good <laughs> because it's be like no. if i'm if i'm do if i, I am, mean irish coffee coffee yeah irish coffee <laughs> <laughs> just mm. <laughs> no the, the the coffee night is the brand yeah sh- yeah breeze your uh, your connection has exploded <laughs> yes that is a thing that is a, yes that is the technical term indeed I'm going to see if he expects to get back anytime soon. If not, we can just end it in a minute because we ran out of things. It ran out of things. is still an hour and seven minutes. We're on par. We're on par. Yeah. We're on par. We've done pretty good without Will cracking the whip and keeping us on format. And tune in next week <laughs> when we get ourselves banned from Twitch TV. <laughs> can you, you can drink live on Twitch. 
I know you can. No, no, no. That's not what we're getting banned for. Oh. You know what we're getting banned for. Oh. <laughs> I'll send you the memo again. Okay. Please send me the memo because I'm going to need to know. Does it involve pants? No. Yes. Yes. A little bit? A little bit. Rather a lack thereof. Ah. Now I'm getting there. <laughs> Join us next week for the next show, which I will tell you, Pants in Halo 5. Oh, 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 oh,